In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset. I am so grateful that you're here with us today. And today's date, for those of you who are downloading this podcast at a later date, is August 7th, 2012. And we have a very exciting book release to talk about. And this book hits the shelves tomorrow, August 7th. 2012. So uh, no matter what the date, when you're listening to this, if you are an entrepreneur or a wannabe entrepreneur, you certainly want to check out this book. Now, you've heard of, maybe you've even taken the Myers-Briggs Aptitude Test, but you've probably never heard of the entrepreneurial profile tool called Smarts, Guts, and Luck. Uh, and this is this is what we're here to talk about today. I think I got that name wrong, didn't I? It's heart smarts, gut, and luck. Sorry, didn't copy and paste all of the whole title. There you go. That's a good start. But this is about what it takes to be an entrepreneur and build a great business. And again, this book is hitting the shelves tomorrow on August 7th. Now, over two years of research and conversations with CEOs and small business owners across the globe, Tony Chin is here to talk about his findings and the findings of uh, his work and that of his co-authors. And you're going to learn about how all this information can help you here today on the Million Dollar Mindset. You might be surprised at some of these findings, including what the most successful entrepreneurs around the world have in common. Now, it's certain to startle you with newfound self-awareness, heart smarts, guts, and luck what it takes to be an entrepreneur and build a great business, shows you how you can access your own attributes to determine attributes to determine which could influence your success in entrepreneurship and every step of business building along the way. So we are here welcoming to the Million Dollar Mindset author, co-author, Tony Chen. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks, Marla. Oh, sorry about uh, missing a part of your title there in the open. My goodness. <laughs> it, it's a mouthful. But, it uh, is a mouthful. <laughs> but, but you but gave it, a great description. I appreciate the oh, intro. Thank you so much. Tony, it's, it's just clear as soon as one 
chooses to pick up this book that it's it's a really necessary book it's it's something that entrepreneurs around the world need to to read and learn from because you know the myers briggs is is fabulous it's absolutely fabulous but for me as an entrepreneur and as a business coach who has worked with so many entrepreneurs i find that it's 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 a little too um cookie cutter corporate for many entrepreneurial personalities and i think that you've broken that mold with this book and thank you so much for that well well thanks marla what we tried to do we've uh obviously been inspired by uh, a variety of psychometric tests in the past whether you look at myers-briggs strength finders predictive index or others but exactly to your point what we wanted to create was something that was geared specifically for the entrepreneur and business builder and it started out with an exploration of what are the real traits that drive entrepreneurial success. And per our title, there are four, your heart, your smarts, your guts, and your luck. And what became interesting was to see the different permutations and patterns between each of these four traits that map to different patterns of entrepreneurial success, both across the globe and across different stages of business building. So exactly to your point, just wanted to take it down into a language that was intuitive and um, could really help explain the nuances of entrepreneurial uh, business building in a way that is clear and common sense to anyone that wants greater self-awareness. Yeah, and in an intuitive language it is, and uh, that's one of the things that makes the book so timely because I think entrepreneurs and, and business leaders across the globe truly are learning how to tap into that their own intuition and creativity and, and balancing that with that left-brain thought process and, and uh, why, why I think more small businesses will be successful in the coming years. And this is a great tool um, to add to that uh, possibility of success. But in your opinion, Tony, what, what is it about this self-awareness and intuition that has been so neglected up to this point in time? Well, I think by human nature, we tend to be uh, scared about uh, vulnerability. We uh, shy away from uh, being intellectually honest because we like to show off our, our good side. It's as if we're tennis players that have great down-the-line forehands, but we're trying to hide that backhand side. And, and yet, that's, that's just a function of just being human. But yet, if you look at the most successful leaders, and if you want to make better decisions going forward, it starts with the foundation of understanding where you are. I mean, we, we joke about it, but there's a reason why rehabilitation programs start with admitting you have a problem. And I think it's just by human nature, even when you're highly successful, uh, to to be more reserved about um, the, the side that I call your kryptonite. You know, you, you may be mm-hmm. Superman, but you have some weakness side out there uh, in the land of kryptonite. And instead, what we like to show off are our superpowers. <laughs> I love that. I love that uh, that analogy there. And you know, in looking at your book, I, I was I was really surprised when I saw your book. I have to say, because the cover is very very different than what one might expect. It's, you it's like a the very... Austin Powers treatment? <laughs> is that what it? I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's very creative. It's it's uh, it's fun, and yet it's striking and catching. Um, was there a uh, what was the thought process behind this, or didn't you have anything to do with it? 
Well, I, I think it was probably a more unusual departure for our publisher, uh, Harvard Business Review Press, uh, mm-hmm. relative to most of their book covers. But in general, both the cover and the form factor that we have within the book, whether you are taking the entrepreneurial aptitude test at hsgl.com or going into the content sections of the book where the information design and the form of consuming the content, we want it to be a little bit non-traditional. And I think that's simply because I think the the traditional long format of the, the book is going through its own evolution. And while we're excited about this as a book, we're really excited that it's a snapshot in a point in time of the research. And we wanted to make sure that the content could really live up in an engaging, energetic way across all media platforms. Mm-hmm. And that it does, that it does. And I just want to reiterate uh, what you said there, Tony, is that you could actually go online and take the test at your website at hsgl.com. And uh, that's that's really insightful and, and fun to do. So I'd recommend uh, anyone do that. So thank you for putting it out there for us. It's a, a generous, fabulous tool for us to work with. Well, great. I, I hope many people you know, do try it. I think if people go out there and and try the entrepreneurial aptitude test, one thing we would really want to emphasize, because it's really funny when you talk to, I'm sure, many of your audience members, people who listen to life coaches and and success coaches out there, they're all in some ways type AAA personalities, and they want the answer, you know, am I meant to be, you know, 20% smarts, uh, 30% guts, and this amount heart, and, and this amount luck? And one of the key findings we had is that there is no singular pattern that drives success. I think a plethora of business books, and I'm sure in all your interactions, uh, coaching and helping people reach their goals, you'll find that with different people, you have to use uh, people's capabilities and biases in their own ways. And so when people take the entrepreneurial aptitude test, the other aspect that they'll get is able to see relative to the whole population that has taken the survey, where do they compare and how do different people, whether they're heart-driven, whether they're luck-driven or guts-driven, how have they managed to have a path to success that, that may be different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so important because I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't play to their strengths and uh, they try to do it all and don't surround themselves with people who are perhaps better at doing certain jobs than they are. And I hope that um, reading this book and taking the aptitude test will help people to see that they have to step outside of those roles in order to truly be successful. Um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the four traits heart smarts guts and luck uh, tell us where to start what 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 are these four qualities in, in a person about sure well well great businesses really instigate and start with the heart I mean you can feel it when you're in the presence of someone who's heart driven there's an infectious passion there's that that founder's fire in the belly and we define heart to really be that purpose and passion coupled together with the great work ethic and nuance that only founders can do. They're, they're, they're telling their stories not through PowerPoint slides, but really just through their, the voice of their passion, and it's as if they have a calling to do something. So that's what heart's about. Smarts, it's really important on the smart side to look beyond uh, just traditional book IQ smarts. What we, what we define smarts as is pattern recognition. 
And whether you're in uh, the line of business that I'm in, in my day job as a venture capitalist at our firm Q-Ball, um, or you're an entrepreneur uh, business building, it is critical for you to have this capacity and capability to identify patterns. So going well beyond book smarts. In fact, a footnote I would make is that book IQ smarts was probably the least important trait that we found <laughs> correlating to entrepreneurial success. Uh, Guts. Yeah, um, let's, I'm going to stop you there, Tommy, sure. because we are headed for a break, and we'll be back in, in just a minute or two with Tony Chan, uh, co-author of Heart Smarts Guts and Luck, something you should definitely pick up. And you can take this aptitude test now at hsgl.com. Make sure to go on over to the Inc. article today that we have just put up, and this article is called How to Make $2 Million in One Day. Yes, it's the story of a little startup that hit the jackpot in eight hours. They actually made $1 million, and there are some great tips from some experts in there about how you can raise your chances of uh, raising some good money for your business. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ali Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopri. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. 
so glad to see you here today. As always, our guest today has some really kind of fascinating news to share with us about four personality types or aptitudes, different aptitudes that they discovered in many, many two years worth of research and interviews with hundreds of executives and business builders across the globe, including the likes of Google's Sergey Brin and Zappos, Tony Shea. Our guest today, Tony Chan, and his co-authors have developed the Entrepreneurial Aptitude Test as sort of a Myers-Briggs style of your entrepreneurial profile to diagnose which of the four key traits are dominant for you. And the names of those traits, hearts, smarts, guts, and luck. Reminder here, you can take the test now at HSGL. Dot com. Welcome back, Tony Chan. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks again, Marla. Yeah, so so you've gone over a little bit about heart and smarts, and now we've got guts and luck. Tell us about those. Yeah, so quickly on those, guts is really that type of almost COO-like personality, the, the desire for action and the inability to have inaction. Uh, anywhere around you, and it's really about the guts to initiate slash start something alongside the guts to endure and have resilience over time as you meet obstacles. Uh, Moving on to luck, luck is not the uh, traditional sense of luck in terms of Vegas chance of trying to draw an ace of spades out of a Mm -hmm. deck of 52. Luck is really about that internal attitude that some people have, really driven by a sense of humility combined with great intellectual curiosity and, most important, optimism that allows them to find circumstances that end up being described as lucky, but were really, when you look ex post facto, situations that they help create and, most important, situations that they help take advantage of. That's interesting. I was wondering about that until I cracked the book. And Tony, as I hear you talk about these four different qualities, um, I feel like, gosh, as an entrepreneur, don't we need them all? You absolutely do. I think it's really important to stress that you need all four as a baseline. And even at times, there's a tension between them as you go through the different business building phases. But the point of self-awareness, and if you want to get self-awareness, and if you want to learn why you make the decisions you do and how to make them better, the Heart Smarts Guts and Luck framework really talks about which of these you tend to be dominant against. Are you a person that is passion-driven, that really drives your decision really off of that heart? We've all met those people, and they represent about 60% of founders um, that are just really driven by that purpose and calling. That's their dominant screen in terms of making decisions. Or are you someone, by contrast, that might be luck-dominant and and more driven by this attitude of optimism and, 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 and curiosity and letting the things kind of fall in place? So you absolutely need a baseline of all of these. The point of self-awareness is that you tend to be driven by, by one to two of these modalities more than the other. So, Tony, sometimes it's helpful to compare, like, not to compare your book with horoscopes, but, you know, in the newspaper, they always name on your birthday famous people who share the same sign. Can you name some people that we're all familiar with who, uh, you know, really fit into these different profiles? Sure. 
Um, if you take, uh, well, as, as a broad category as a whole, again, the heart-driven side, founders tend to be 60% of all the founders uh, that we interviewed were heart-dominant. These include people like Zach Klein, who is the founder of the video player service Vimeo. It's just someone that is absolutely passionate when you talk to Zach about creating community through video. Or when you look on the luck side that I just mentioned, uh, Tony Shea, uh, the CEO of Zappos, you know, self, self-describes himself and has just immense self-awareness around the fact that he is a very strongly luck-oriented person. In fact, he described in my interview with him how they even ask people how lucky they determined themselves to be or feel they are in the Zappos interview process. So that was really fascinating. Not only was he self-aware around his, his, his luck dominance in his decision-making, but how he felt it could be a great strength towards helping find people that fit within that Zappos culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, he, he is uh, quite the creative thinker, that guy. He is, he's amazing, yeah. So these qualities, you're saying we, we absolutely need to possess all of them for our greatest uh, potential for for entrepreneurial success, but we're dominant. We're typically dominant in one in one of these, or maybe a combination of maybe two of them. Can that be true? Yes, exactly. Okay. You know, myself, I my my profile when I took the test, I'm um, heart dominant, followed by smart second, and mm-hmm. my business partner and co-author Dick Harrington, who ran and transformed the Thompson Corporation from a newspaper publishing organization to the largest media corporation, media information service corporation in the world, Thompson Reuters, is a smart, guts-driven person. And that helped uh, each of us uh, Mm -hmm. in a couple of ways. One, as we make decisions, you know, codifying at the point when we make the decisions, the reasons why we made them. And then later, as Peter Drucker, uh, a great management guru, has taught, go back when the results actually come out and see if the results came out and why, uh, were they consistent with your rationale at the time? Uh, so that's number one, why there's a utility in this. And second, uh, using the example specifically of myself and my co-author, Dick Harrington, it allows us to get a sense of having a complement of people um, that where we hope one plus one equals three. And it's to your earlier point, Marla, where you know you, you, you want a diversity of excellence on your team uh, throughout the business building process, and especially during key inflection points. Um, one, one great example of that is that many founders hit that you know, speed bump as they go from proof of concept towards that next inflection point of growth of trying to scale up. And they're trying really hard to get there, and they're trying to use the same ways and drive it maybe through a heart-driven passion, but yet that may be a point where you need other types of uh, strengths of people that may be guts dominant or smarts guts dominant to put in some processes, put in some delegation, and really help uh, scale the culture and, and, and passion that the entrepreneur started with. Mm-hmm. Tony, does the book, I, I have not completed your book yet, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with that, but what I'm reading I'm really enjoying. I haven't gotten to this part probably, so I'm answering my own question here. And does the book tell us how to draw upon 
specific strengths. Let's let's say I am less guts dominant, but there comes a time where I really have to call that part of myself up to the surface to make some decisions and to see the picture in a different way. Does it help us through that process? Well, I hope it does. What the book does not do is to promise a, a recipe for business success. I think you've said it before that you know, you have so many people out there trying to go externally and look at look for a recipe, look for, you know, this is the perfect P&L statement, this is the perfect market to go after. And it really does follow a consistent philosophy, which I think you've shared with your listeners around starting from the inside and going uh, outwards. With that as a premise, uh, it absolutely does describe different stages of business building where there are thresholds to your strengths. Uh, so for a very concrete example, we set three stages in the business building process. The founding stage, which you're trying to instigate the concept and formulate the proof of concept. The scaling stage, where you're growing and going through that hyper-growth period and getting it to a, a larger organization. And ultimately, the extending stage, where you have to um, reinvent and, and extend the business towards new capabilities. When you look against that, taking an example back to our heart example, heart-dominant people do really, really well in that first phase and tend to hit that what Noam Wasserman at at Harvard Business School calls the rich versus king dilemma, uh, transitioning from that founder to scaling stage. Do they care more about maintaining control, maintaining that passion, that perfect uh, boutique culture they've set, or are they willing to make trade-offs and understand those trade-offs to go to the next level of scale-up? And, and in a similar fashion, it's not that, you know, uh, you know uh, suggesting that founders can't continue and, and aren't essential. In a similar fashion, in between the scaling and extending stage, it's, it, it's very um, interesting how all those founder qualities are needed once again, where a smart, guts-driven person might have scaled that business to a very high level of success, but yet to achieve that next level of growth needs new insight, new innovation, and that really comes back from the heart of a founder who understands the core values of the business, but then around that can provide new insights and innovations. Mm-hmm. Fabulous insights there. And it, it strikes me, too, as you're talking, particular client came to my mind, and, and this woman is considering taking on a partner in her business. And this would be a great read for her because we want to make sure when we're taking on a partner or hiring an employee, as you discussed earlier, that there's some balance there. And so even at that stage where you're considering partnerships or, um, you know, hiring this this is a great resource. So wonderful. Yeah, and I think I think Marla, it's not just trying to overforce and saying let's let's get the perfect complement of people, but I think as you are managing resources, it's really essential, I believe, to understand where people's mental mindset and biases are, so that you can just simply communicate with them. Yes. If you're if if you're a if if you're a you know guts-driven person and you know someone's guts-driven and their propensity is always to lean towards, look, we just need action. We need to move forward. we got to get this show on the road. And, and yet you are a more, you know, um, architectural, smarts-driven person that needs to get the planned strategic priorities in place. You know, you're going to have a Venus versus Mars, um, you, you know, war on your hands if you don't right. really understand where people are coming from and just understanding how these can actually play complementary strengths and and use that is uh, what's really important. 
That's that's yeah, that's so true. That's that's great. Tony, we're going to go into another break and when we come back, I'd love to learn about uh, the your insights on nature or nurture and and whether or not we can learn to be one of these traits or to balance to bring the traits into what we would perceive as more balanced. So, we're going into break and we'll see you back here with Tony Chen on the Million Dollar Mindset in just a few seconds. Make sure to head over to ink.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco to check out my article on how to make $2 million in 24 hours. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. The Mary Beth Wells Hour is a talk radio show where we reach out, reach deep, and talk about topics of substance. We'll cover points of interest, such as World War II and the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the planets and the oceans, skydiving, rock climbing, and much, much more. Join me every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we delve into and discuss fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset. We're here today with co-author Tony Chan. Heart, smarts, guts, and luck hits the shelves tomorrow, August 7th. So make sure and pick up your copy. And meanwhile, you can certainly go to the website at hsgl.com and take this fabulous aptitude test. And we're back on the air, obviously, Tony. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, venturing forward with this and uh, determining success and and pick up from where we left off, if you will. Sure. Well, I think you were asking whether some of these things could be um, developed over time. 
time can you actually evolve your your trait so there's a, there's a continuous nature versus nurture uh, discussion to be had across folks uh, various uh, entrepreneurial attributes and the answer of course is both I think you know there are just some people that are naturally born with a calling they they have that heart and passion to do something as if it were an artistic compulsion so whether it is a Main Street entrepreneur that just starts a restaurant because he or she is passionate someone such as Alice Waters um, who has that uh, fabulous restaurant on the West Coast in Berkeley, uh, to, to someone like uh, Doris uh, Christopher, who started the Pampered Chef. Um, those are people that just have a calling to do something, and they do that internal walkabout and, and feel it's right, and that really allows them to leverage all that, that nature uh, towards great success. In terms of nurture, what was most interesting in the research was along the attribute of guts. And, you know, we, we asked a question of people, is it possible to be more gutsy? And in that section, what we did in particular was we talked not only to business leaders, but to several people that have been in what we would call guts-oriented situations or have guts-oriented careers. So astronauts such as Scott Parasinski or, or surgeons such as uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz. And probably the most striking story came from a gentleman, Steve Callahan, who is a sailor who was on a solo boat trip towards the late 80s and uh, hit a whale at night and had to ditch his boat with his emergency pack and was left out alone at sea. And he was alone at sea for 76 days alone and watched something like five or six ships pass him while he was out there trying to fight for survival. And after when you talked to Steve was, you know, and, and you tried to determine, was it possible to acquire those guts? Uh, you know, what was it that allowed him to survive with such resilience uh, in, in a place that most of us or many of us, I would um, assume, would probably give up? And he talked about two or three things that are important. Uh, first, uh, early childhood experiences can absolutely nurture you towards greater guts and, and greater strength across any of these attributes, in fact. So the old uh, kind of, um, you, you know, uh, proverbial lemonade stand or paper route or, or knocking door to door to sell Girl Guide cookies or whatever it is that you might have done, getting thicker skin at a young age um, absolutely helps on that resilience factor. The second component that was interesting was training. Uh, it, it actually helped that he had been through, you know, multiple survivor guides um, be, before this situation. And I think for the, the equivalent for business people is that there is a quote-unquote training that can come through reading the practical case studies out there of people that have been there on the path. So this very much is the case study teaching method that they have at, at many business schools uh, across the country. And the, the third one that um, is uh, really important ultimately to become gutsier is just a peer support network. Uh, there, there's, there's an absolute reason why, why uh, peer-based coaching, mentors, and, and coaches help. People want to have both that uh, accountability and, and to have that uh, peer-based support that has been correlated with perhaps the most important um, correlation towards positive behavior change comes with a peer-based support network. So, so the answer, absolutely, there's a whole uh, component out there where people are just uh, driven by the nature that they have. 
but as mm-hmm. important are the things that you can nurture uh, along the way. All of the learnings that we've picked up, that's a fascinating story. Tony, you must have had, I guess I should i should reframe that. When you were interviewing all of these phenomenal people, and, and you, I will add, are certainly one of these phenomenal people. I mean, you've had so many achievements in, in your lifetime and, and are going to see so many wonderful achievements in your future as well. That's obvious. Did you have? some self-awareness or some some really deep level insights that that really struck you during this interview period that you learned and grow, grew from? Well, I, I think there were a couple. One is that when we wrote this book, it, it didn't start out as a, uh, a, a self-awareness oriented uh, piece of research. So the fact that it, it turned back to self-awareness was a great reminder that more important than any quality or any one of these attributes is to have a baseline and foundation for self-awareness. And that reminded me uh, about just some of the habits that I've personally learned to reinforce and do more often, such as writing down priorities. It sounds so trite, it sounds so common, but it's, it's not commonly done. And putting down your top goals for, uh, for something you're trying to achieve in business or life and reflecting back periodically to understand why they worked or didn't work uh, is critical. And that's certainly something that was a, a, a sharp reminder to me and mm-hmm. something that we try to do um, at my firm and myself. It also reminded me of, you know, just the, the, the strengths and weaknesses I, I think I have, just like anyone, and understanding that I'm, I'm driven a lot by, by passion and, and, and the analytical side of smarts, that there are, there are other areas where um, some of the, the, the compassion and humility of, of more luck-driven people are things that uh, I can become more self-aware of and work on. One of the things that you talk about, Tony, is is the business plan and your viewpoint and, and your fellow author's viewpoint on the traditional business plan in business. Tell us more about your viewpoints there. Well, I think it was an interesting finding to see that of people who had a successful exit in business, and that is uh, jargon for having a initial public offering, a liquidity through a sale of the business, um, as a proxy for success, that those people only uh, of those people only about thirty percent started with a formal business plan, and I, wow. I think that's important because there's just too much out there that tries to encourage a templated approach to success. That you 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 know you can connect the dots and you know, define market size, uh, build this kind of profit and loss pro forma statement, um, define your competitor sets. And so much is spent on that side of it that people lose sight of what, what you've talked about a lot, Marlon, what we talk about, that the starting point for success and the instigation of really great businesses begins in that place we call heart. Uh, it, it begins in a deeper place. And this is not wishy-washy stuff. This is just honest-to-God truth that when you look at the most successful entrepreneurs, they're not out there trying to in vitro a business plan. The second component uh, of that, or, and, and maybe talking out of two corners of my mouth, and the caveat is it doesn't mean that they don't start with anything, but the things that they focus on are things like 
um, what is the real purpose and passion I'm trying to do? What is the set of people that I need? People are more important than idea. What is the general business model that will help me make money versus uh, what is the set of uh, 19 spreadsheets that will make a theoretical uh, set of uh, P&L statements that will never come true anyhow? So when you look at those things, when you, when you think about it, really successful people, they almost have as the first input for a business plan um, a, a place called heart and a place called doing. So they're almost starting with a, a test, a set of iterative passion projects, if you would, and those ultimately can serve to be very useful inputs to a more formal business plan later on. I think the disconnect for many people is that they say that, look, I, I'd love to get going on this, but I can't, you know, I just don't have the idea, I don't have the business plan yet, and, and that's almost like a chef saying, you know, I, I really can't determine what meal to do because I don't know what to cook and I don't have a recipe in front of me. And, and, and life doesn't work that way in entrepreneurship. You know, you, you, you start, you do, you iterate, and that's really the best input for a business plan um, uh, later on as the business evolves. Yeah, I think uh, we're going into another break in just a few seconds, but I think a lot of uh, soon-to-be entrepreneurs feel like they have to go in <laughs> feet first, full body, full-blown, everything in place. And I have a great example of that um, in a little success story when we come back from this break. And next week, make sure you join me on the show because we're going to be talking about online marketing and internet marketing with uh, expert Renee Schmidt. And she's a lot of interesting information to bring to the table that can help you build your prospect list and attract more clients. This is Marla Tabaka. We'll see you back here in just a moment. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life. Through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Why do I feel so lousy? Why aren't my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live on Toginet.com. The author of the book, Help, My Body is Killing Me, solving the connections of autoimmune disease to thyroid problems, fibromyalgia, depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better, to make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live here on Togginet.com. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Togginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. 
Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And I hope that you'll pick up a copy of this fabulous book, Heart Smarts, Guts, and Luck. And we're here with co-author today, Tony Chan. And Tony, going into break, we were talking about the traditional business plan and, and jumping all in or taking it step at a time. And it reminded me of a client that I once worked with who wanted to launch a full line of um, cosmetic products. And uh, you know, she was concerned about where she's going to get her funding and packaging and development of all these different different um, products and, and FDA and, you know, the whole gamut. And so what we decided to do together was to simply launch two key products, very, very simply. And uh, she saw a lot of success with those products, and she actually used a, a crowdfunding platform to, to test the products a little bit as well. And, uh, you know, I thought that was a great way to see if she was on to something new and novel, because that's a crowded industry and it really worked for her is that a good example of of what you're pointing out here it is my uh business partner matt lederhausen has a great saying and he's he's one of the most successful entrepreneurs he was executive chairman of a little fast casual food chain called chipotle and did did many many other successes along the way but the saying that he has that captures your story and what we've been talking about around the business plan is think big, start small, and then grow or fail fast. And I think mm. that really summarizes the right way to approach a business. You know, don't, don't dilute down the big vision, but find that first um, element, whether it's two product lines or, in our case, uh, one of the businesses we're trying to create and grow over here at Q-Ball is, is a company called Minilux, where we're trying to Starbucks the nail salon. And we want to create a chain of hygienic, fun nail salons, but we're not going to try to go out there and do 20 or 30 at the same time. You start with one small test case. You make sure that people love how that manicure or pedicure is. You, you make sure that it's the most hygienic, and you, you get customer feedback, and then you grow fast or you fail fast from there and, mm-hmm. and move on. Yeah. Well, br- be sure to bring one of those to Naperville, Illinois, will you? I'd be happy to test. <laughs> I've been in Naperville. You need one there. <laughs> you are kidding me. You've been to Naperville? What a small I world. I have. Wow. It's a great little town. It really is. But you're right. We could probably use one here. Absolutely. I'm going to repeat what you said because I think that it's just it just really does sum it up. Think big. Start small. Grow or fail fast. I love it. Love it. Love it. I'm going to use that if you don't mind. <laughs> it's all yours. Trademarked by Matt Lederhausen, though. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll mention that, too. So, so Tony, tell us, tell us what you would compare this with that would help people, again, embrace the importance. Um, You know, when I'm comparing coaching, for instance, I compare it to successful athletes. And I say, you know, Michael Jordan, my goodness, he had five coaches, right, at the peak of his career. Uh, What would you compare this with? 
Well, I think, I think there's two buckets that uh, you can get out of this book. The first around self-awareness is the equivalent of a diagnostic. So if you go to see your doctor, whether you're sick or healthy, getting a set of results back of what your baseline, um, you know, blood tests are to know, you know, where you stand, uh, what the vitals are of your, of your health is the equivalent of getting a sense of where you're strong, where you're weak, and understanding where you need to, to work on. And so self-awareness around um, who you are, what your baseline is, and self-awareness, as we talked about, where people have used things like Myers-Briggs or other tests before, to really understand how and why you make the decisions you make, uh, that is element and, and benefit number one. The second is really a, a reference guide. Um, what we want this book to be, in addition to being a, a self-awareness platform and begin a self-awareness conversation or movement, is to really be an evergreen reference guide. And, and there are a few chapters in the book that are really dedicated to the smart habits and principles that we found and culled together and edited out from all the um, interviews and meetings we had. So when you just mentioned, you know, think big, start small, scale fast, that is one example of something that people could really just hang on. And when you, when you compare it to, to um, you know, whether it's athletes or, or, or leaders or artists, people need some crutches or, or some uh, great mnemonics to, to relate to as they are advancing in their careers. So I think that what we've tried to do on that second half is provide an ongoing reference where I hope people will dog ear a lot of pages, go back to them and say, hey, think big, start small, scale fast. Remember, I remember that. Yeah. And for any one of the many habits that are in there. Right, right. And there are many. Is this is this aptitude test best used in conjunction with something like Myers-Briggs or is it a replacement for entrepreneurs? I, I, I don't know. It's too early to tell. I would say that more important than any specific one test someone does, it is to uh, begin with a, a self-awareness diagnostic of, of, again, trying to get some sense of your strengths and weaknesses and biases. Mm-hmm. And whether that is uh, through a coaching session, whether that is through taking an aptitude test, that matters less than just having a method that connects with you. Um, our hope is that the language that's provided here in the framework of heart, smarts, guts, and luck is one that will, um, will resonate. And it resonates, hopefully, uh, more directly because, again, we complement it with um, the several sets of common business habits and, and principles that we've seen drive success. Mm-hmm. And, Tony, in your findings do you feel like there was one uh, i'm going to say personality type out of these four that dealt with success dealt with failure in a more positive way compared to the others yeah i i think the uh luck dominant and guts dominant is where we talk about um failure and embracing failure there's a paradox of leadership, which is about walking that tightrope of conviction and humility simultaneously. And a core trait of the luck dominant are people who have a great foundation of humility. Uh, in general, um, uh, across our survey set, 25% of the population set was luck dominant. 
Uh, on the gut side, those guts-driven people that have that capacity to shift gears from a, a guts to endure to a guts to evolve and evolve the business to a different place uh, from where it is today, have that uh, resilience uh, and, and ability to embrace uh, failure uh, when it comes. I mean, risk-taking is really just a, a, a nice business euphemism for vulnerability. And, um, you know, I think guts-dominant guts people and, and luck-driven people have a greater capacity to deal with that um, and really use it um, in, in a way that they can learn from and move on to the next opportunity. So how would a heart and, and or smarts dominance uh, bring some of those qualities to the surface? Because they're there. What, what are, do you have any advice for people who are more heart and smarts dominant to, you know, deal with what we'll call failure? I don't believe in failure, but what we'll call failure in, in a, uh, a more empowered way? Well, I, I think, again, it starts with being aware that you may be um, disproportionately um, personalizing the failure and, and disproportionately reacting to um, the emotion of the moment. I, I think one of the elements or symptoms we, we've said of certain types of people, uh, whether they are dominant in any one of these traits, is that there's a tendency to be what we call macromyopic. So you way overestimate the short-term impact of anything or any news or any quote-unquote failure and underestimate the long-term resilience and, and, um, and, and, and uh, possibility uh, around that. So I think it's just having perspective, and, and so that perspective often comes from having others around you, a, a peer, a, the right peer set around you, and the right internal awareness to understand that you're probably going to be judging um, disproportionately high on the short term and underestimating um, your resilience or, or the impact of the situation in the long term. Yeah, and so a part of it is really laying out those expectations that you had in the beginning and, uh, and examining those as well, it sounds like. Yeah, and, and we talk about that. We, we ask people, we have a section in the book called True North Questions and Embracing Failure uh, is, is one topic we, we speak of specifically. And we ask, was your expectation initially uh, set realistically? Was it something that, um, you know, you, you, you put at a standard that was reasonable to achieve? And, you know, did you, did you try everything possible to achieve that? I mean, reflecting on just those two things will help you embrace that failure better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tony, without without naming names, um, you introduced you interviewed a list of amazing people. When you talked about these different qualities to them and these different attributes, were any of them surprised to find if you released information like this? Surprised to find that they lean toward one more than the other, and and that their own assessment of themselves wouldn't have been accurate. Well, I think I think some some were a little bit surprised, but by and large, uh, given our sampling bias of having a large number of successful founders and entrepreneurs, I think that many were quite uh, self-aware, and mm-hmm. I think this was a a tool to refine and frame uh, frame their um, thinking. 
I think where uh, people um, reacted very positively was seeing the common patterns of some of the habits and principles that people worked along, um, and and that was reassuring to them. So you know your your anecdote and story of one founder saying, hey, you know, how do I get this going? I'm just starting with an iterative set of, of tests or I'm doing a lean startup approach. Does that make sense? And when you um, echo it back in, in one of the habits, the, the one that we've talked about on think big, start small, and then grow or fail fast, they, they felt greater comfort around there. So a lot of it was about crystallizing for people a, a frame of reference and a language to um, snap snap in place their their thinking um, and and to help them push forward with greater confidence. A wealth of fabulous information here and insight today, Tony. I certainly appreciate you being here with us. And uh, we are ending our show, and we'd like to encourage you all to go on over to hsgl.com and take this aptitude test today. Thank you, Tony Chan. Thank you, Marla. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if